0: So I'm going to help out by just kind of emceeing and keeping things moving here for the most part. I'll try not to talk too much, let the guys, or let the, the youth here talk, do most of the talking. So what we kind of like to start with is uh, going with what did everybody expect from this trip? We all have our expectations when we do a trip like this. I wanted them to kind of explain it, and then we'll talk about the trip itself, the different days and stuff, and then at the end, we'll kind of go back and say, okay, what did you actually get from? So kind of wrap it up at the end there. And like, and like Jen said, if there's any questions in the midst of all this, please ask, and so, if you have any questions during the whole process, please let us know what those are, because there's going to be things we're not going to think about. You guys will probably ask questions and remind us of the things. So, um, so first, I'm going to start off by having the guys tell you what their expectations were for the trip. So, Charles is next to me, so he gets to go first. So.
1: Okay. Going into the trip, it I expected to do missions work, and I expected to help people, and I kind of had one funny expectation, and I didn't I didn't want to work with at, at an old person's home like assisted living or a nursing home and we're all sitting around a table uh the day before we are starting missions missions work and Jen goes all right Charles you're going to an assisted living home and I'm like okay god I guess this is what I'm doing so I got to um face my fears, and I got to meet some old people, and it, it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be, honestly. So, uh, yeah, yeah, God kind of destroyed my expectations.
2: Okay, well, when, I'm going to start with, like, the last two mission trips that I've been on, they've been very different from this one, and when you ask someone, maybe you're, like, a first-time goer on a mission trip, and you say, what do we normally do? Or what's something I can look forward to? You really don't know, because it's all different every year. And there could be some things that are the same, because we all have a routine that we have to do, but what you take out of it isn't always the same. And my expectation was maybe, um, well Jen had told us some of the things we'd be doing, which was like medical work or um, working with kids or doing some, yard work, and I was like, oh, well, maybe we get to do, like, the medical stuff, and that would seem cool, which is, what we didn't, which is okay, so um, me, Jewel, and Gracie uh, hung out with kids for the week, and it was really good, and my expectations were, oh, I'm gonna go and help these, these kids, and um, maybe shine a little light on them. Up their heart, but it really, I did, and but it really worked. It like went back on me, and it opened up my heart and showed me some things that I didn't see about myself and didn't see about God. Now that I that I now see.
3: Okay, well, last week I kind of shared a little bit about how my expectation going in, especially when it came to like relationships with people that we were gonna meet down there. So I talked a little bit about that, but another expectation that I had was you're going to be outside sweating, almost passing out if you don't drink enough water, because you've been working so hard. But it was the opposite, because I got to play bingo and got 20-minute breaks every for every five minutes of work, and I was like, well, it's still work, I guess.
4: I was just I was expecting because I went on the Charleston trip also two years ago and then then it was like a lot more hard like strenuous work for the missions work but when we were I got to go to the assisted living home for the first two days and the first day I was like okay we're playing bingo for and we're just kind of sitting here and I felt like it wasn't like very fulfilling or we weren't doing as much work and it wasn't like going to make as big of a difference but then the second day when we were leaving just seeing how much the um the elderly residents there like enjoyed having us there was nice and nice. i think that was good and it like showed me that we were still doing work even if it wasn't um, hard work and i was also going into the trip expecting to get closer with all of these people and meet a bunch of new people.
5: So this was my first time going on a mission trip with this group, and my expectation was to get closer with them because I, you know, I kind of just showed up a few weeks ago again and uh, made a reappearance, um, and so I was trying to, you know, get to know these people. Which, being in a van for 15 hours, definitely uh, forces you to get to know them. <laughs> but it's okay; um, it was fun. Um, But I had never gone on a missions trip, so I didn't really have that big of expectations coming into it, because I I had no idea what to expect. Nobody would tell me anything. (laughs) So um, I I had been to Young Life Camp for a few summers, and that's like a vacation. Everything is about you. Everybody's serving you. Your leaders are there to serve you. It's all about you. And so I kind of, that was a little bit of an expectation. I knew it was different, but um, this was not a vacation. And it was not about me, And although it ended up changing me in ways that I didn't expect that I had never felt at Young Life Camp because it was all about me. But going on this trip, it, it, yeah, it, it wasn't a vacation, and it was work, but it was better than a vacation. It was so much different and more, more fulfilling than any vacation or Young Life Camp that I've ever been to. And helped me really, really grow closer to God and just spend time in peace and quiet. Not always, but you know, without, without your phone, you have a little bit more peace, even if there's a lot of chaos going on. So, yeah.
6: Um, my expectation going into the trip um, expected God to show up for everybody, which he did, which was so cool. Um, and I can't wait for you to hear more about that. Yes, yay, God. Um, my expectation also was that um, my very empty tank would be filled with service. Service is my love language, so I was like, yes, I get to go serve, and I don't have to set it up, and I'm not responsible. It, that's going to be awesome. Um, and... Uh, that expectation was just um, more abundantly met than I could have ever imagined. So, can't wait to tell you how
4: that all took. Okay, so uh, when, on the missions trip, uh, I was half expecting to uh, work with uh, other groups um, more than just working with kids. Um, um, but we were working with the kids all week And not that I didn't like it; it was really, really fun. I just, when I first was going into it, I just thought I'd just be doing a little bit more. But I'm actually kind of glad I didn't, because the kids were great, and they're they're (laughs) they're, just—they're—they're just great kids. I'm so glad I was able to help them and hang out with them and stuff. And I also felt like I connected with the others on the trip as well, which was a big bonus too. So, yeah,
2: that's.
0: God, I have to say but yeah. uh for for myself uh, i kind of mentioned this last week i, I kind of went into this without any real expectations when Jen asked me to go on the trip um, like i said i i thought about it for about a week before i decided to, uh, before i said yes but when she asked me to, what you know what did god draw you to the trip and i said well he didn't i don't feel any necessarily cool to go i just don't feel anything telling me not to go and that, that, so I, I feel like there was nothing stopping me from going, so I should just probably move forward with it unless something tells me otherwise. And so, um, and, and beyond that, my big expectation for myself, honestly, was mostly just making sure I support Jen because I know how much how hard she works. And like my wife, she's a big stressor, so it's my job to try to keep the stress off of her. Normally, I just make it worse for my wife, so I'm glad I was making it better for her. So, um, so that, was, that was a good thing. And then kind of going back to what Jim was talking about, too, about we knew you guys were praying for us so much, and I kind of talked about it a little bit last week. So coming up to this trip, um, I had a lot of stuff happen, especially even to the point of like two days before leaving for the trip. Um, we had, she had asked she'd asked me to go, and I said yes, and then me and my wife had sat down and looked at some finance stuff and said, hey, we're thinking about trying to move to England a couple of years. So we were looking at some of this stuff, so we had making some financial decisions. We sold one of our vehicles we were down to two cars the very next day my son rolls his car and so now we go down to one car and you know of course we're concerned about him and then um, that kind of situation kind of worked itself out and then Thursday before we left for the trip my company shut our facility down so uh, you know 300 people in in South Clems Falls lost their job overnight and so I'm walking into this trip you know, a day and a half after I find out that my facility shut down in the three months, I don't have a job here anymore as we're closing out the facility and stuff. And then my son, part of his job, they're going to close that facility down to another 200 people over there. And he had already had plans, so it wasn't as big a deal for him. But, you know, up until a, almost the moment of us leaving, we got these big life events just being dropped on us as we're walking out the door. So thinking about that in the, the background this whole time of the week, too, and going, how is God going to show me something in this trip? With all this other stuff happening at the same time, so that that was kind of Jen talking about. You guys may have prayed a little too hard, you know. I appreciate it, but you know, so I appreciate that part. But. Okay, so um, for those of you who are here, as you can see, we um, we'll, we'll go ahead and go on to the, the day one there. Whoever's doing the clicking thing. Um, so we got on the road that morning on Saturday morning, and we gave ourselves about ten hours each way. So we did uh, two nights or one night each way. So we did two days for the trip. Uh, we moved into, leaving in that morning, we were trying to get to Ohio, Cleveland, for the first night. So we gave ourselves about seven hour drives, gave ourselves about 10 hours to get there. Um, they did great. I mean, we, you know, we, I told them, I was like, hey, the goal is to go about two hours between stops, you know, just so we can make good time and stuff, because we, we told the, the family we're going to be there at six o'clock at night, we want to make sure we, we were honoring that to the best of our ability. and. Yeah, we just they they were stuck to the two-hour thing, and we were like every couple hours we'd stop and stretch, and everybody used the bathroom and stuff, which was awesome. So it was really really helpful, Um, and we even had time to make a quick stop along the way. So I didn't want to we didn't want to get there too early, so we stopped at the state park at Lake Erie, and yeah, so it was great. So um, go ahead, Jen.
6: And if you travel, we always have to stop at Chick Fil A. If there's a Chick Fil A on the way, gotta stop at Chick Fil
4: A. Oh yeah.
6: So we did that. Um, Does anybody want to share? We um, were fortunate enough to stay with um, Pastor Dave Prast, who was a former pastor here with the Alliance um, in the uh, Nelliston Church, not too far from here. And um, he, (laughs) again, you guys were praying so hard that things just kept happening. Um, His wife, Cindy, had gotten in touch with me the day before and said, Hey, are you guys bringing sleeping bags? What's the deal? Because we had you all set up in the basement, and our basement that never floods flooded last night because we had a horrible storm. And I won't be here to take care of you like I was planning because my brother has been on a transplant list for a very long time and was able to get a heart and a kidney that he really needs, so I'm actually in Birmingham, Alabama. And I'm leaving Dave in charge, which she was not too sure was going to work out in our favor. So... Um, again, this, this was she was texting me this on Friday, and she was in a panic that that things were just not going to be the way she had planned them. But I said, Cindy, we're all good. We're sleeping on a church floor. We have our stuff. No worries. Whatever, whatever Dave has for dinner, it's going to be fine. Like, please don't worry about it. You have bigger things. We're going to be praying for your brother and his family. It, it, God's in control, right? So as long as we make it to your house— whatever's there is there. And so, Nathan, I know you had a good night with Pastor Dave, so did everybody else, but go ahead.
3: Yeah, so that night, uh, I kind of wandered into this a little bit late. Charles kind of started it. But um, anyway, so like I said, I I wandered in a little bit late to the party, but um, it was Charles, Gracie, and then eventually everyone in our group, including Pastor Dave and his son, his sons uh, ended up all over in this like little corner of their house slash their dining room and living room. Uh, and what happened was we just kind of started with like, oh, hey, what's your favorite verse? And it ended with a lot of uh, wisdom, and a lot of fun stuff happening that night. <laughs>
6: well, Charles had said, hey, are we doing a devotion tonight? And I said, hey, well, what do you want to do for a devotion tonight? And, and this is the first time that we've done a two-day trip, so we had a lot of extra things that we hadn't thought about, like, oh, <laughs> we should probably have a devotion for the night that we are spending at somebody's house. And um, Charles had pulled out his Bible. Gracie was reading her Bible, and before I knew it, the whole group had their Bibles out, and we were sitting in this living room, and everybody had their Bible out. So I said, All right, God, what are we going to do with this? And so I said, Hey, you know, um, Charles was just finishing Leviticus. And he was like, Ah, Leviticus. And everybody can feel that pain, right? Is there anybody in the room that absolutely loves the book of Leviticus? Yeah, everybody's looking at me like, Hmm, not too much, right? So, feeling Charles's pain, I was like, Okay, yeah, bud, we get it. Not not anybody's most favorite. Yes, let me read that a hundred times because I love that book of the Bible, right? So I said, okay, so not your most favorite, but what is your favorite? And that spurred a conversation that everybody joined in. What's your favorite place in the Bible? What's your not so favorite place in the Bible? And everybody had a different place, favorite place in the Bible to land. And they were some really awesome places that everybody had to land because there was an awesome story of faith that went with their favorite place. And there was a not-so-great place that they didn't really want to land either. And that was okay because, you know, that's the Bible. There's some places we don't, you know, that aren't our favorite, and God's okay with that, so that's okay. But the discussion that came out of that led to some really awesome sharing by everybody. And Pastor Dave shared an amazing story of faith that, That had happened to him in his life that actually happened down at albany med which was so cool because it was like oh hey we know that place and that was close by and it was just such an amazing way to start off the trip like hey if we don't go any further than cleveland and pastor dave's house we're good (laughs) um and and i think for him to be able to share and and set us up that way we left the next morning going okay we're good you know god you showed up here we know you're going to show up the rest of the week. So that that was really a great way to start. And we gave him a shirt, and he was so funny. The next morning he saw us all in our shirts getting ready to leave, and he ran into his bedroom and came back with his shirt on to make sure he could take a picture with all of us. There's Pastor Right there. Whoa. (laughs) Then day two, we're on the road, and we're off and running. And if you want to know what we do in the van for a really long time, we play boggle and cards and lots of fun stuff, and we sing. But we did a lot of singing, which I I do have to interject here. One thing that was just really powerful for me throughout the week was the fact that we could just be riding along, and music would come on, whether it was a country song or a praise and worship song or whatever it was, and you could kind of hear little murmurs of people singing along. And all of a sudden, you hit a chorus of a song, and everybody's just wrapped up in singing and and praising and and worshiping god just as you're riding along and not because somebody said hey let's sing this praise song because that's what we really want to sing right now but just because you're in the moment and it's just naturally happening it was um for me it was really powerful because up until just recently i haven't been able to get into worship very often and and that's really hard because as much as i throw worship music on myself it's not the same as worshiping with other people. And I think we all realize that during the week, that we can put worship music on however much we want, right? And we can pick the songs that we like, but it's totally different to worship in community with other believers. It's, It's just such a powerful experience to be able to do that. And so whether we were doing it with the other groups at the gathering or whether we were just naturally doing it in the van out of the blue because an awesome song came on Again, thank you, Jesse's playlist. Um, it was just—it was just one of those really powerful experiences. So.
3: so then, in the middle of the day, we stopped at Lincoln's birthplace, a national historical park, which was pretty cool. And then, if we hit the next slide, we can see us arriving and playing Uno with some fun people.
6: All right, so here starts the part about how God just totally overflowed, um, filling my tank for the week. Uh, I knew that we were going to be meeting a group that we had met last year, Pastor Matt, and this lady, her name, she goes by Ma because she's been in youth ministry for over 20 years. And everybody just calls her Ma because she's a mom. She takes care of everybody. Her name is Janet, and they are from a church just outside Chicago. And I knew that Matt was coming, but he didn't say who he was bringing with him. And we happened to meet them last year in Philadelphia and got along very well. And I was kind of, I was hoping that she was going to be there for the week, but I really didn't know for sure. So when we got out, we were the last group to arrive at the church. And I saw Pastor Matt. He came walking down the hall. He's like, Jen. It's like, hey, Matt, I'm so glad you're here. And we started unpacking. And the next thing I know, this lady comes running, and I hear Jen! And I turn around and there's Ma. And she's giving me the biggest hug and the longest bear hug and just so full of joy to see her and for her to see me. And it just, again, um, that alone would have set me for the week. And it was like, all right, thank you, Lord, for filling my tank again. I, like, I'm good to go for the week. And God's like, yeah, that's really nice, Jen, but I know what you need. And I'm not done with you yet. <laughs> I have so much more. And just the fact that she was there all week and, and the fact that he worked it so that we could spend the week together. We literally sat at the table trying, you know, figuring out our crews. How were we going to split up the week? And at the end of splitting everything up, we're like, oh, okay, this van has to go here, which meant Jesse had to drive one van and then Ma was going to drive the other van. And we looked at each other, we're like, oh, wait you and I get to go together. And Jesse and Matt get to go together. That means we get to spend the whole week together. And then Pastor Matt looks at it and goes, wait, what did you two do to figure that out? I'm like, listen, you were sitting here. The four of us were sitting here. We didn't do anything. Like, God totally worked that out. Like, we didn't scheme. We didn't plan. God totally worked that out that that the two of us get to spend the whole week together. And it was just such a joy and such a blessing for the both of us to be able to do that Um, because most of you know me and as my husband will tell you I have a very overdeveloped sense of responsibility as he likes to tell me multiple times that tends to lead me to not always enjoy where I'm at because I'm feeling so responsible for everything And, and so I don't always take time to enjoy as much as I should. And this week, Ma really showed me this last week that I could be responsible, but I could also have fun. I could enjoy where I was at. I could laugh. I could have a great time. And that started the very next morning after that picture was taken. Um, she was driving and she loves classic rocks. So I get into the car to go to our job site and she's got classic rock layering which most of you would think that's not my jam, but guess what? Surprise, surprise, it is. And so I opened the car door, and I love rock and roll. is blaring. I was like, no way. I get to sing this song, and she's singing, and I'm singing, and the kids are like, what is going on? Well, because you were sitting in the car looking at me like, what is even happening right now? and and yeah isabel was also like not sure what's happening and but to just have that release and to be able to just jump in the car and sing and jam along and have a great rest of the week was very freeing for me and and just taught me a lot that i can be responsible but also have a really good time and that was a huge lesson that god taught me this this week so Oh, yes, and we, Isabel's reminding me, part of our directions took us to a road called Blue Hole Drive, but we were having a hard time getting the word hole because it came out a lot of different ways. So then she and I started singing, there's a hole in the bucket, dear Liza, dear Liza, so we could get the road. So then the kids also thought that was pretty hysterical because most of them didn't know that song for some reason, which is a shame on many levels (laughs) not to know there's a hole in the bucket. But anyway, I'm talking too much, so we need to get the kids talking more, and we need to move on.
3: Okay, just real quick. As you can see, we were split up into two groups, Johnny Cash and Rascal Flatts. Johnny Cash was Leah, Kyra, me, Charles, Jesse. Uh, Rascal Flatts was my mom, Jewel, Isabel, and Gracie, on to day one of service at McKendry Village.
1: So I got to work with two other kids, Isaac and George, and we basically sat in the kitchen and cleaned off dishes and that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, it was fun.
4: We got to do an exercise class with the elderly people, which was super fun. Leah and I were sore the next day. It was pretty rough. And at the beginning of the day, we did um, craft boxes with them. They were making jewelry boxes. And then before we left, we played bingo. We met um, an elderly person there the second day whose name was Kyra also, and she was 100 years old. And she'd been to 69 countries in her life, so.
2: So the first day at Project Transformation, we went and got we got. there a little late, but that was OK, and got a rundown of or our training, as they call it, for what we're supposed to do. And we went in, we got our instructions, and then we went and read.
6: Isabel, what is Project Transformation?
2: So Project Transformation is um, this project where they um, are teaching kids to read better and understand what they're reading on like a greater scale. Because in Tennessee, they made a new law or regulation that between third and fourth grade, you have to pass a literacy test. And if you don't pass it, you repeat the grade.
6: Even if you've done well throughout the school year, you have to pass this one test. And if you do not pass this one test, you have to repeat the entire grade, not just reading. So That's a very important th- test.
2: Yeah, so that's that's the important, like that's what they were trying to, the goal is to get kids to read better so that they continue on their education and not repeating the grade. Um, so that's what we did. We read with the kids and had a lot of fun. We won, uh, there were a few kids that stood out to us and that were very energetic and loud. But Reading with them, it was really fun and really, like, for me at least, I read with this girl. Every day that I read, I read with this girl named Brenda, and she was so sweet, but she was a little shy, and we read American Girl, and that's what we read all week, and it was just, like, just hearing someone else read and, like, just sitting next to this kid and, like, just being there, being in that present, that you are here um, kind of state, it just, it was so fulfilling and nice to just be around that.
0: The, the other thing, too, is that we, so we did go to the memory ward, as they call it, and that's where all the dementia patients were, and um, this was one of those things where, like I said, when I went into this, I didn't know what to expect, and this was actually one of the hardest ones for me. Uh, we, we talked about that night with the kids of, you know, things that you fear. You know, and most people are scared of the dark. They got you know spiders, whatever it is. Um, my grandfather died of dementia, and so that is something that that I personally fear. Um, I, I, as I kind of told them, right, I, I kind of pride myself in my brain. I'm a pretty smart guy. I, I'm a good, open person, kind of thing. And to watch my grandfather go through that, and to see these people struggle through, going through, losing those memories, losing their ability to, to have a lot of that kind of communication with people, and all that stuff. Is a, is a real big fear for me. So, so as Charles was talking about, you know, his own fears of, of working with the elderly people and that kind of stuff, that was actually a big fear of me of going up there kind of facing this as I'm getting older and thinking about this could potentially be my future, you know, hopefully not, you know, Lord willing, it won't be that, that's what I'm hoping, but, you know, I don't know what the future holds for me at this time, and so it was a great opportunity for me to face that fear, to, to see what that's like, the life that they were living, Understand that they were still happy people you know but just understand that that was that part of that process so uh, that was an unexpected facing of my fear that i got to do during this trip and it was kind of a real thought-provoking thing for me to be thinking about what does my future look like if this was to happen and how do i prepare myself and prepare my family for a situation like that if it was um, and know what what does God have for me in this process and thinking about this as we go through it so that was something I I personally had to struggle with and kind of go through through this process myself
2: so this was a really fun day we got to play with water and I was looking forward to maybe having some sort of something where water was involved because I love swimming and who wouldn't want to swim in ninety ninety five degree weather you know and that's what happened here we had water balloons and they had um, water games duck, dr, 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 drop, duck, duck, goose, water. And we, the kids in our group, from, some from Chicago, and then me, and Gracie, we all kind of went at Jen and Ma with some water and got them a little bit wet. But
6: <laughs> Again, the expectation being, we don't mind getting a little bit wet. But when you're with kids in water a little bit wet, there's no such thing there's no such thing at all but again that was an awesome day for me to just let go and say you know what this is about having fun today it's not about the rules it's not about the expectations let's just go and have fun and um, it was great It, it didn't matter how wet we got it was just really about being being there and the theme of the week was you are here and and that's where we were we were there having a great time with the kids and got very wet but it was awesome I think that's what we need to move to, where God met each one of us, because he certainly did, didn't he? I know everybody's got something who wants to go first, where God met them this week.
3: So this morning, day three, uh, was, you know, here to unite in our little devotion book. And we were doing that with a partner. I was like, yeah, that one, yeah. Uh, I was like, yeah, I already did it all by myself, because I kind of skipped the directions and went straight into the questions, so I answered all the questions myself, and you know, but then this really nice uh, guy came over and was like, hey, do you have a partner, you want to go with me, and I was like, uh, sure, I I guess so, like I was kind of chilling by myself here, but you know, comfy rocking chair, even comfier other chair, it's a tough deal. Anyway, so this guy, Pastor Tom, P.T., just sat there with me and was like, you know, and talked about how gifts are what come natural to us, how, you know, the best way to find out where you are needed or where you can go to serve God correct, like, not necessarily correctly, but serve God in the best way you know how is to talk to other people, see what they think about you, because the gifts that you have are sometimes just hard to find, like just being quiet, being a quiet person that's a gift, because it means you listen to everybody, and you know being loud, that's another gift, because you are the voice for the quiet people, and you know he just, he opened my eyes to the fact that, you know you can be used in a wide number of things, and was like, talking to you, you're a great communicator so, do what you will with that, and I was like Gee, thanks, Tom. it you did good in my life. And thanks God, too, because God was a, a big part of that.
5: So on the third night, um, we, so every day, we would go to our work sites, um, shower, come back. Um, we would either do our, like, gathering where we'd worship and kind of talk about the day uh, before or after our, like, nightly events so we were like in for the night we were doing our gathering and we were doing um, we were doing worship i didn't think like i didn't think that's where where god was gonna meet me but he definitely showed up um that third night of worship uh because so before i came on the trip i, I asked god i prayed to him and i said can you meet me um i asked god to meet me on this trip and because I was feeling distant from him before we came, in <laughs> that third night of worship, we um we were all singing, just we were linking arms, and I don't know, I was crying like this, <laughs> cause I couldn't stop, and I just in that moment, a moment I felt I felt God, and um, He showed Himself to me in a bigger way than I could have ever imagined. And the only way that I could explain that was with God showing up mm-hmm. and answering my prayers. So, yeah, that was, that was really
4: cool. <laughs> yeah, so I also definitely saw God through the worship nights, the third and fourth <laughs> nights, So I was crying a lot, with yeah. um, too. And, but also, um, so I was at the McKendree. McHen- um, for the first two days and I was with all of the elderly people and this past May my grandpa passed away and He was in and out of nursing homes also um, that were similar to that one and so I think it was just very good for me to be back in that environment again um, Just after the fact to see all of these old people and they were they were just all very happy to be there and They were full of love and it adds that to me and so I think it was just, that was where I was supposed to be this week, and that was helpful for me
2: to be back there again. Um, God met me through my devotionals, and or the devotional. It was through every moment that I wasn't talking or hanging out or making new friends, I was in my head, and I was thinking a lot about my day and how this day is going to go, and where God, where I'm going to see God, and where I'm going to talk to Him, and He's going to talk to me. And it was good to start out every day with the devotional, and when I would do it, I felt so in touch with God, and I just felt His presence with me, where even if I wasn't writing stuff down or answering questions, I was reading the verses and just talking to him and saying you every day it was a different lesson so the first day love so you tell me I'm supposed to show love I will show love and I will go out and I in my service I will be loving to these kids and be gracious and have mercy the next day is share so I shared my gift of Kind of creativity, so I was being as creative as I can with those kids and then um, unite. So, unite. This is my night where I led the um, church group time at the end of the night where me and Jen made bracelets for our whole group and some extra people. And we, and uniting, it was really good to feel that God. I put everyone on this trip just to get closer to each other and get closer to the people that we met. Um, And then go. Go out was the last lesson. And so I took home with me that
4: I really need to look at him
2: more and think about him more where and take what he tells me and bring it into my everyday life instead of just here and there.
1: So, on the trip, there was a lot of um, downtime, I guess, um, like after we were done with the activities, there was just some time where really nothing was planned, and on the car rides and stuff, I just kind of read my Bible, and so I was reading the Old Testament, as Jen mentioned earlier, and I was just trying to look for something. Um, meaningful and I really wasn't able to do that. But then later in the week, I switched to the New Testament and I was reading Matthew and I was realizing that the only like the reason that Jesus was like such a big deal was because his ideas were so different from the Old Testament. And I don't know, I just thought that was really cool and I hadn't really thought of it that way before.
0: Um, I think, you know, I've, I've kind of already talked about the biggest thing I got from it was, you know, my kind of my experience, especially kind of facing some of those fears that I've kind of forgotten about. The, the other one for me was the service side of it. We, you know, I'm, I'm trying to take care of my family, I'm working 50 hours, 60 hours a week sometimes. I've got my family I'm taking care of, I'm doing other things and I've, I've found that I don't do anything, like from a service perspective, outside of just taking care of my family, which is super important, and, and I'm not downgrading anything with that, i, would t- I try trying to take care of my family, but you realize the level of need that's out there, and I have been told, love God, love everybody else. So I really had to think hard about how am I loving everybody else, as part of that commandment from, from as Jesus talks about it in the New Testament, about how am I doing this? And the one thing that I, I, I'm trying to do is express that love in different ways. And one of the ways I don't do it in is trying to serve other people from that perspective, especially these people that really need it. These these are a lot of these people we go to this this you know assisted living facility and these are people that are have their own little community there but they don't really get much from the outside. You know, a lot of them have families that live in other places. One of the ladies was talking about her, her daughter is, is, I think her only child. Her husband's already passed away. Her daughter some she lives in Texas, so her daughter's setting things up for her to go out and do stuff. But she doesn't really have much interaction with other people besides the people inside that facility. And, and they love to tell their stories and they want to talk to people and they want to interact and have an opportunity to share their life experiences with all of us, right? And, and just by sitting there and listening to these conversations, I'm, sh- I'm showing them love and I'm showing them how much that they how much they mean to us. When we went and helped with the Jesus Provision group, with, um, they were talking about they feed 25 families, plus they do this, uh, they feed about 300 homeless people on a Sunday morning. So Pastor Steve, he he preaches to the group, and then they feed this whole group of people. And a lot of them were veterans. They said like 60% of their homeless population that they dealt with were veterans. And as a veteran, that should be concerning to me. Um, So it's, it's making me really think of you know, above and beyond what I do already for my own family and do for my own church. What else am I doing? You know, how many hours do I spend on my phone when I could be doing something and helping other people and and supporting these different organizations and supports? And I don't need to come up with something new. A lot of these organizations already exist. They just need the hands to do the thing that they're trying to do. And and what am I doing as part of that process and, and trying to assist these organizations are already there or looking for the need that maybe is not being met in our local community that maybe we do need to do something about it you know maybe there is something that we could do for ourselves or maybe it's just going to perry baptist well, i don't think they're called perry baptist anymore but going to perry baptist and just helping with their their soup kitchen there or their the feeding people and stuff or doing the the soup kitchen on on the sundays we do here with the church there's so much opportunity for us to get out there and just show people how much we love them you know we we as the church don't have to stand on the street corner and tell everybody that Jesus loves them and come in our doors. A lot of times we just have to love them and let them come to us and let them understand that we care and that we truly believe that they're worthwhile. And just by doing that, that message getting out there, they're going to come to us. We don't have to go to them a lot of times. We just got to meet them where they're at. And and we're seeing in our own, our own, you know, city here in Saratoga with the, uh, the homeless encampment that's been kind of growing in this area, that there's people there that have needs. We have the, the organizations that help with the battered women and all this kind of stuff. I mean, there's so much need in this area that a lot of what they need is just hands. And we can go there, we can show God's love to them, show them that we care, and, and just, that's all we need to do. And just let them come to us, and let them just understand what he really, really wants. What, what He, We are emulating him by going to them and letting them come to us. And that's what Jesus did, right? He went out and served people. I'm a, I'm a big fan of what they call servant leadership, right? It's my job as a servant leader to go out and find out what your need is and how can I help that need. That's, what I, that's, what I, that's the core of what I believe as a leader and a manager and what I do every day. And I, I took that from my military experience and I take it into my civilian experience. I just have to be willing to take that to the next step and find those other places. I don't need to get a paycheck to be part of that process. I just need to go out there and just show that love every day. And I think a lot of what I got from this trip was what am I doing to show God's love? I don't have to stand there and preach to you. I just have to show it to you. That's all you have to do. You just have to see it radiate from me, and they're going to come to me and want to know why. And just and then use that as an opportunity to share my story with them and why this is so important. So that, that's a lot of what I got from this.
6: I just really got that God knows me so well, and he knows my needs, and he knows exactly how to fill them, and he's not going to fill it a little bit. He's not going to fill it to the brim. He's going to fill it abundantly more than I could ever imagine. And that's what he did for me that week. So if we just want to go through the next couple slides, and then we'll let you guys go because you've been so good in in staying here much longer and listening to us. But we were able at Project Transformation to help with their end of the year party by blowing up and tying a lot of balloons (laughs) to get them ready for their party that night. Yes, and Jewel is hiding in the pile of all those bags of balloons in there, if you can spot her. But Jewel and Gracie were able to use their talents and gifts of um, artistry to create a mural, um, a big um, drawing for the party that they then painted and that the kids were able to enjoy. And we are missing Gracie Lapp today. She was unable to be here, so hopefully in the next couple of weeks you'll be hearing more of her faith story from the trip.
3: So this is downtown. We went downtown uh, Wednesday night, and they had a scavenger hunt for us, and I did not enjoy it, although I do got to say, taking a picture with George Strait and Alan Jackson at Dolly Parton is so much fun.
6: It was just a very busy night downtown (laughs) when we were down there.
3: So stressed me out. So. Not like it. Anyway.
6: We did notice, however, going back through that whenever Jesse was taking selfies, he was concentrating so hard that he tended not to smile. So so we did have to go back and find some of Jesse smiling, actually.
3: Okay, so this is uh, Jesus Provision, Provision's Ministries, and uh, Jesse said a little bit about that. Like, it's, it's run by Carrie and this lady Carrie and Pastor Steve, uh, her husband. And it's all run out of the garage. They have a food bank, they have so many clothes, and they have like shelves full of diapers and stuff like that that they can just give out to everyone. And like we helped stock their trailer for Sunday. I should probably call and see how Sunday went. Do so much good work, and if you're ever in Nashville, go visit them, they'll love it.
6: And at Project Transformation, this was actually their last day of their program and so that was the painting and drawing finished and as you can see i'm reading with to feet (laughs) there's a there is a body attached to those feet um for a young man who just who had a really difficult week but really bonded with um, our group and hey if you have to read upside down you're still reading it counts whatever you have to do to be comfortable so that was our group enjoying our community night with one of our staff members, Abby, and of course more ice cream because ice cream makes everybody feel good, especially at the end of a really hot long week. And that was um, the that was our, the middle picture is us with our friends from Chicago. Um, we th- were the two smallest groups there and you wouldn't have known it because we just merged into one group for the whole week and pretty much ke- became inseparable and um, are trying to plan more trips together. And <laughs> yes, and if you want to know what that is, you need to come ask. And they will tell you um, exactly what that's all about. But we are trying to see how we can do more things together in the future because the groups just really um, bonded, not just the leaders, but the groups in general. All of the kids really had a good week together. So there definitely <laughs> is a lot more to share. And we Just ask. Just ask because there's definitely a lot more that we can share with you guys. But thank you for being patient with us this morning and giving us your time and attention and supporting us on our trip.